0: lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox by emailing the show, Steve, at stevedace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook and also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for us on MeWe Parlor, Gab, and Getter. And then you can also uh, get clips of the show for free and that are free of censorship. When you go to rumble.com slash Steve day show as well. And the last name is of course spelled D E A C E. Um, We're going to give you the rundown of today's program, but first a very important word about my underwear. That's right. That's why you all tuned in to hear me talk about my underwear yet again. I love talking uh, about my underwear. I even love wearing it uh, because is that TMI or is this working?
0: this is where my limits on your coattails kind of find where you tap out and you're like you're on your own here brah i mean it makes me this is now where you're like mo ukraine
1: basically (laughs) yes okay um so let's continue (laughs) talking about my skivvies uh which you can also uh if you want to wear the same underwear as me (laughs) yeah That didn't come out right. Um, uh, If if you want to wear the same brand of underwear that I trust, there we go. Is that better? That's a little bit more polished. Yes. Thank you. Um, Then you, of course, can go to Tommy John. It is the best underwear on the market. And my own wallet agrees because after they gave me the first few pairs for free, just to try them out for an endorsement, I loved it so much. I've gone back and ordered several more pairs uh, on my own. Can't give a product a better endorsement than I spend my own money on it. All right? And it's Tommy John's anniversary month. So whether you're trying them for the first time or you're a longtime fan, get 25% off site-wide right now. And, yes, they've got stuff for the ladies, too, when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve 25% off. I think that's the biggest discount we've ever offered with them on this show. 25% off uh, on their, for their anniversary month right now at tommyjohn.com slash Steve. All right, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, uh, the woman who has clearly upset the system, Kathy Barnett, Pennsylvania GOP U.S. Senate candidate will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. And just to give you an idea of what has transpired in that race, since she called out Trump's transhumanist Mitt Romney wannabe liberal endorsement uh, Mehmet Oz for being not pro-life to his face at the last debate, since that occurred, it has completely destabilized this race. And 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 now Oz is going on Newsmax. So Trump's transhumanist endorsement is going on Newsmax and accusing Mike Pam, Mike Pompeo, who is Trump's longest-serving administration official. And I think we all know if there's one thing it's hard to do, is to be Trump's longest-serving anything. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Okay. I mean, and he did it in two of the most high-profile positions in an administration, CIA and Secretary of State. are there any? Is there any pressure associated with either one of those two yeah. positions, might you think, particularly given your boss, who, of course, has no problems, uh, and usually rightfully so, alienating the intelligence community, and was completely flipping the paradigm on foreign policy, which he turned out to be, frankly, the most right about of anything in his administration. So, yeah, no stress at all being in those two jobs, nope. right? And if you're going to do them for Donald Trump, he better trust you, you would assume, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a racist now. Mike Pompeo was called a racist yesterday, basically, by Mehmet Oz on Newsmax. I mean this this race is going great. I mean, this is just this is going this is going swell, and it's all because this woman stepped forward and dared to offer people an alternative to vote for. No more. Oh gosh, I don't want to vote for Oz, and I don't know about this McCormick guy. And we're in the final few days, and you're seeing right now MAGA World is at max lit right now. I mean, you have Rick Grinnell, who is, I mean, who's at war with numerous other luminaries within the MAGA World on social media. You've got Steve Bannon's right-hand man just tweeted a moment ago, Sean Hannity now belongs on CNN because of all of his Memet Oz stuff. We've got spliced videos. You were telling me about this before the show, right, yeah. Aaron? All right, I mean, this I mean the palace intrigue on this is high, but let us not forget why. It is not that Kathy Barnett stepped forward with some trite talking point. Let us not forget this. Or some technicality, or somebody misspoke. She stepped forward on the most signature issue of this age. Am I a human being? Or not. When am I a human being or not? When must you recognize that I am a human being or not? So we will speak to her at the bottom of this hour. Next hour, hopefully you're really fired up by what Kathy has to say, because you probably won't be by what comes next. I, I, I nearly pulled the plug this morning. I'm just going to tell you guys the truth. Okay. I got up this morning and I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. There's still time. I thought you were going (laughs) to, I expected you to say to me, dude, you cannot punk out. No punk away. (laughs) Oh my. Oh my. Have we reached Mr. Vinegar is a delicacies breaking point. Aaron,
0: Mark, this tape, is this legit? Uh -uh. Spring is in the air. Got a new box of wine. I come footloose loose and fancy free man.
1: You're a little seductress. All right? Don't tempt me, man. <laughs> all right? This is Banda Brothers now. We all get together. We're the accountability group. All right? Don't do it. Don't do it. All right? Stay strong, man. Stay on the path. I guess we don't know now what theology Thursday will be next hour. We shall find out. Uh and then we have three non-political what, questions what as I well. What I was
0: really inspired, the most inspired thing I was by today when I got on Twitter and saw there's a giant black hole in the middle of the Milky Way. And I said talk to me baby
1: (laughs) so you're saying there's a chance yes but before we get to all of those zany hijinks of course we begin as we always do with aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away
2: what Happened While We Were Away brought to you by the Full Court Press. Establishment hacks along with allies of Donald Trump are going to war against upstart Pennsylvania GOP Senate primary candidate Kathy Barnett. Former Trump director of national intelligence Rick Grinnell led the effort yesterday along with a mysterious political action committee who pushed out a slanderous video filled with out of context tweets and videos of Barnett. Sean Hannity took a significant amount of time on his Fox News show last night to trash Barnett as well. It's clear Trump's inner orbit is increasingly incensed that an upstart candidate like this could be upstaging their chosen candidate in the Pennsylvania GOP primary, leftist Mehmet Oz. Another win for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as a federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit challenging the law passed by the Florida legislature, stripping the Walt Disney Company of its special self-governing privileges in Central Florida. The lawsuit was filed last week on behalf of three Orange and Osceola County residents by a Democrat lawyer who's running for U.S. Senate. A new poll from CWS Research on a potential 2024 Texas presidential Republican primary finds Donald Trump still in the lead in the Lone Star State, but down a a couple of nachos from the previous iteration of this poll at 44%, followed by DeSantis, who's up eight points from the previous iteration at 28%. In a field without Trump, DeSantis wipes the floor at 56% with nobody else. Coming remotely close, an FBI whistleblower to the House Judiciary Committee revealed that the bureau has indeed labeled dozens of investigations into parents of schoolchildren with a threat tag that was developed by the FBI's counterterrorism division. So there's that. Anthony Fauci, the nation's foremost expert on epidemiology and the government's highest paid bureaucrat, was asked to define what a pandemic is.
3: Criteria
1: are there. Benchmarks, what kind of a process will we go through to make that determination?
2: No, there is really no firm, widely acceptable definition. When one talks about pandemic, you talk about a highly transmissible infection that is essentially widely distributed throughout the globe. The CEO of the restaurant and entertainment review app Yelp says Roe v. Wade is quote saving countless lives, which is why his company is promising to pay the travel expenses of its employees seeking abortions if the SCOTUS ruling is struck down. Yelp is one of many companies in recent days to make this promise, along with Amazon and Tesla to name a couple. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, killing a baby is cheaper than maternity leave. The Senate defeated a bill the other day that would allow baby-killing nationwide up to the point of birth. The Senate defeated the bill 51-49. to Elizabeth Warren has some thoughts on that and math.
0: I believe in democracy, and I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not the Constitution.
2: Anyway, here's Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in
0: our brains... And um, I can immediately feel because you all will have implants. I can and we measure your your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I, I think that is imaginable.
2: And finally, this from the Babylon Bee: Starving American babies disguise selves as Ukrainian soldiers in hopes of getting forty billion dollars in federal aid. And that's what happened while we were away. Ouch!
1: Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by. And if you weren't inspired before, that montage might have done it. Our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Right now, you can save one hundred and fifty dollars off their three-month emergency food kit from my patriot supply they are america's largest preparedness company and they will give you peace of mind to know that you are prepared when it's not just baby food that you can't get Uh, On the shelves, but the food that uh, the big people eat too. All right. So uh, don't uh, wait for the painful food shortages to come to your home. Get prepared now. Food stays good for up to 25 years with proper storage. You get $150 off a three month kit plus free shipping. It's 2,000 calories a day. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and drinks for you and everybody in your care. When you go to preparewithdace.com, D E A C E, prepare. with Dace.com. Coming up in today's overtime, which we will tape right after today's live show for Blaze TV subscribers, and then it will be uploaded later today at blaze slash dace. Monmouth has just released its latest midterm election polling and is now recording the largest net difference in right track and wrong track in the history of the Monmouth poll. Just 18% of Americans saying the country is on the right track, 79% of Americans saying the country is on the wrong track. That is the different. That's the largest, I should say, difference in the history of the Monmouth poll. We will discuss that and then try to figure out. If those 18% are just communists, and now we know what the true percentage is, right? Uh, we'll get to that uh, later today at blazetv.com dace, which is also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber, get all of our exclusive content at a discount. It's just 10 bucks a month when you head over to blazetv.com dace. Um, we're going to talk more with Kathy Barnett at the bottom of the hour, so we will table that for now. Um, a couple of things I want to address. If indeed the left behind Thief in the Night movies from the 70s, um, mainstream now evangelical eschatological position, otherwise known as premillennial dispensationalism for the Theo nerds, okay, if indeed that turns out to be the most accurate. Eschatology. Here's what I'm confident of Klaus Schwab ain't the one. That's not the one. That guy gives everybody the creeps. I mean, how many bad movies? that guy do the voiceover work for the villain for okay you know what I'm saying and the name Klaus Schwab what Lex Luthor wasn't available I mean come on
2: In the German accent
1: yes indeed no no it won't be him he's the groomer he's, he's, he's here to tenderize the meat He's your demonic John the Baptist, if you will. He's the forerunner. He's here to announce, make crooked the path for the one who is to come, the son of lawlessness that is on his way, the one for whom the world has been waiting. That one, if indeed that view is correct, that guy is going to obviously be cast in a messianic savior role. Not the last three Terminator movies they should have made. It won't be that guy. That guy's the Weimar Republic of eschatology. Okay. Not happening. That's, 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 that's like, you know, Satan, the musical. Okay. With jazz hands. No, we're not doing that. That's not how it works. That's not going to create mass deception of people. Even the guy sitting next to him on the stage was like. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could imagine that, I guess. I mean, I think I'm supposed to say that because y'all are paying me a poop ton of money to sit here. Right. Okay, but. Sounds pretty damn freaky to me. (laughs) It's kind of the vibe I got from that dude. It won't be that guy. It'll be the guy who say who's here to save you. From that guy. Any thoughts on that before we move on?
2: funny I was thinking about the same thing because we talked about this off the air I don't know in the context of maybe it was Zelensky I was thinking about it this morning and it's funny the juxtaposition of the Monmouth poll with this story how many people are just communists because I watched that video and I had the I, I was thinking about the conversation we had off the air at one point and I actually had the exact opposite reaction how, how many of our neighbors in our own neighborhoods would be just fine with taking the uh, Klaus Schwab chip implant in the brain if it meant being in the good graces of polite society? I don't want to know the answer yes. to that question. But then again, it may just be one out of every five, but that's still far too many. Uh, the thesis, though, overall is... Yeah, this is just too close to sh- to central casting. It's too but, on the nose, man. But uh, at the same time, I, I don't know how many people would, and I don't really want to know how many of my neighbors would just find, give me the chip. I just want to, you know, have my uh, nice McMansion here in suburbia and enjoy my Pleasant Valley Sundays. Well,
1: that two things can be true at once, and I yes, it can be true at the same time that too many people are so far gone. That they would literally take a brain in, implant from Klaus Schwab. <laughs> I can't, just saying it out loud, okay, G- makes me giggle. I I do agree with that, but in a and in, I I really in the grand scheme of things, to paraphrase the great prophet Ice Cube, he ain't the one. He ain't the one. It's gonna be a lot slicker than that.
0: I I buy that, but. The- this is this speaks to your conversation with uh, Naomi Wolf a couple of days ago about how the flip has script in some respects because the moneyed interests of the world would have never let this guy saying these things out loud stand in the past the elites reputation was like we no we're we're grown ups we're serious people mm-hmm. Now the opposite is true amongst the elite moneyed right. interests of the world. Yeah, Th- they are here for that. They're not embarrassed by that at all. Yeah, that's what I find deeply troubling. Yeah, about that, this.
1: I I didn't say it wasn't chilling and troubling. No, I know. I mean, that, because what he's talking end of Western civilization kind of stuff. That that's the kind of stuff that would actually make hope make you hope the premillennial dispensational view is true. Because if it's not. We're talking new dark ages. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. You're talking a new dark ages. That's what we're talking about. I mean, you better hope uh, that we're actually cascading to some cosmic ending of uh, history as we've known it. Because if those people get their way and that's not what's occurring, if it's if it's not to that nth degree of cosmology we're dealing with here, from an eschatology standpoint, we're just dealing with history Well, you're just going to, you're going to live through the next dark ages round two. That's what we're talking about. And that's a, that's, that's a whole different story than "Lick up for your salvation is nigh. That one doesn't have a happy ending. Just a, just a long, arduous series of sad ones is what that has. Uh, Elsewhere, Democrats knew they didn't have the votes for their baby killing bill. And that's why they had that vote. They knew they didn't have the votes. That's why they did it. this is there this was there. We're going to ban Obamacare vote. This was just a show vote uh, to their crazy base. The problem they're having is and and that's maybe where we get into providential timing of things. If the court because all these same justices were on the court a year ago when they took the Mississippi case, right? If, if they would have take, ruled faster to overturn Roe when we were not in an economic cataclysm and a lot of the same suburban moms that needed to rid the world of mean tweets that are now freaked out that they can't get formula for their kids. And, and by the way, who, raise your hand if you're shocked to find out the same people that have no problem with killing your babies can't be moved now by the lack of food for them. Raise your hand. Karen, you don't count. Anybody not named Karen in a cul-de-sac driving a Subaru? Anybody else shocked? Okay, and if you have a coexist bumper sticker on that Subaru, you're automatically disqualified. You're too far gone. Everybody, anybody else shocked that they just they can't be bothered about you know feeding the babies, that they have no problem murdering before you actually give birth to them? But... Think about if the timetable on all of this with Roe was just moved back another 12 months. And and where we were a year ago at this time, we're walking into Costco's and Walmart's without masks for the first time, right? Movie theaters, we're going to the movies, a lot of people are around the country for the first time in in a long time. People are taking vacations. There was a sense... Uh, in the early days of, uh, in in the spring, in the early days of the vax rollout at this time a year ago that we were kind of coming to the end of this. This is before the the jab mandates showed up, which not coincidentally coincided with when we found out the jabs don't work. Funny how that works. When when it was becoming increasingly obvious they didn't work, uh, then, or poisoned you, uh, or both, uh, that's when the mandates, obviously the tyranny, began to kick into high gear. But there was a lot, there was kind of a sense that, you know, There was a little fire up the, you know, the Beatles. Here comes the sun about this time last year, right? Mm -hmm. If we were having this exact same conversation about Roe at this time last year, might the the political scales of this be a little bit different? Absolutely. I think they absolutely would be. They absolutely would be. So this is some providential timing here, in my view. This is the perfect time to overturn Roe. Think about it. They can't generate juice with their base on an abortion vote. Like, it, not their numbers have gone down since the Roe leak. They're just besieged by cataclysmic events that are just, that are happening. Um, and obviously nothing's more cataclysmic than stake-sanctioned murder. Okay. But, but... That is that is something that you can opt out of. You don't have to kill your kid. Right. Can you opt out of eight and a half percent inflation? Can you opt out of that? Can you say, you know what? We decided we're pro choice here in our home and we're
0: just going to choose not to have the eight and a half percent inflation. Can you do that? Can you opt out? I'm told if you just go have a margarita and go do some yoga, things will even. Or identify as Ukrainian, perhaps.
1: Yeah, but but in reality, does that work? Can
0: you opt out of that? No, 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 you can't.
1: Can you opt out of five dollars a gallon of gasoline? Can you say, you know? Everybody gets their own choice with that. Our house, you know, we're just going to choose not to pay $5 in gas. I
0: filled up my tank yesterday. Uh, opting out was not an option. And they didn't give
1: you, a, the, the, you didn't tell them you were pro-choice on the price? No. All right. So the problem is, the, 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 the thing that they really want to fight on is something that ultimately, if you're for it, you still have a choice of whether to do it or not. In most cases, there have been tragedies. Sometimes where parents drag underage daughters to abortion clinics almost against their will. But in general, in general, you have a choice whether to participate in the macabre. You don't have a choice with this. I I can't choose to not suffer under this non-transitory inflation. I can't do that. And think about where they are if if you're looking for how do i know these polling numbers are right because i don't want to believe right you and you're smart if you're like this i don't want to believe they're right cuz they're saying what i want them to say i don't i don't want to be the i don't want to be a hack right i don't want to be the person that said uh, when they when they told me trump was going to lose in 2020 by 10 points oh it's fake news well now they're telling me that the guys i want to win this year are going to win by 10 points and now i'm going to embrace them because it tells me what i want to say we wouldn't we we don't want to encourage that level of Um, duplicity on this program, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of non-critical thinking we're not about. If you want some experiential observational confirmation of these numbers, consider the fact that they on the other side cannot break through the narrative with the abortion issue. Even with their own suburban women base, they're crushing them too much every, every time they go to a gas station to fill up their minivans, every time they go to Costco or Walmart or the local grocery store or Kroger, every time they go to get food for their babies or their grandbabies, because they're hearing them maybe from their daughters, they can't break through with their narrative. And what's going to happen here is by the end of June, the court's going to give out this ruling, likely overturning Roe, and we'll be sitting here in September and October and we're like, dude, you remember when they overturned Roe? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because if, we're still going to be figuring out when does the transitory inflation kick in? When that transitory stage kick in? We, we kind of like the trans. but it could be just, you know, it's temporary. It's transitory. It's going to go away. That tells you how screwed and perhaps irrevocably they are. They were handed a wedge issue. The analysis that Paul Alexander, former Tulsi Gabbard strategist, gave on our show a few weeks ago when he said, hey, if the court overturns Roe, this might happen. That analysis should be true. It should be, but it won't be. And here's why. Because everybody kind of forgot that at the end of the last presidential debate in 2020, Joe Biden openly said that he was going to get rid of the oil industry. Openly said it. Just said it out loud. Trump was like incredulous. Couldn't believe it. Neither could I at the time and they have set about systematically to follow up on that. Energy is the biggest industry in the country. If we're screwed there, we're screwed economically. There's never been a recession that wasn't accompanied by an escalation in energy prices in modern American history going back to every decade post World War II. So this is a managed decay. When they announced yesterday they're going to stop pumping oil from Mexico and Alaska, that's is on purpose. This is what they told us they were going to do in 2020 in the campaign. They were honest about this. And now you're, we're all going to suffer the consequences of it. And more. And so because of that, because when you become a cult, the natural laws of things you think no longer apply to you. So you don't deflect anymore. You don't triangulate anymore. You don't walk things back anymore. You just cult on. Cult on, man. That's all we do. We just cult because we're a cult. That's what we do. We just cult on. Right? We, we, we demand in, indefinite detention of January 6th, quote unquote, rioters. And then from the same White House spokeswoman who goes on a TikTok and says that, uh, that Trump stole the 2016 election with the help of Vladimir Putin. We just cult on. That's all we do. We cult on. And they're going to cult on. And they're not going to acknowledge any of these political realities at all, which is why we're going to sit here like Labor Day and we're going to be like, dude, remember when they overturned Roe and then we just like went back to our lives after 50 years fighting to death about that? Because we're now paying $8 a gallon in gasoline.
0: Tell me I'm wrong. So I don't think you're wrong. I'm only wondering what I mean. When I said a couple of days ago, we are now post-argument. Well, an election is a kind of argument. And while they may get destroyed here in November, what does it mean for what happens after that? Because the cult, as you said, must be dealt with and it's not going away. It
1: depends. Did you guys elect a bunch of DeSantis types or a bunch of typical Republicans? That's the that'll answer that question. Should Kathy Barnett wants to make the argument she's a DeSantis type. Let's find out when we come back. We're just talking about the Monmouth Poll. We're going to get more into that during the uh, overtime after the show today. Uh, The largest chasm between right track and wrong track in the history of the Monmouth Poll, was just uh, released within the hour. And that's just another reminder that getting the country back on the right track uh, has a lot to do with what goes on in the marketplace. Because a lot of the isms and ideologies that most threaten our way of life, unfortunately, are subsidized and funded by too much of corporate America. So if you're looking for where you can go to find businesses that have the values that you do, Uh, that want to conserve them and pass them on to future generations, you're looking to download this app today, Public SQ for Public Square. Public SQ is where you want to go to find local businesses. If you're traveling, I'll be traveling uh, this weekend, uh, doing some speaking in North Carolina. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Uh, But uh, if you're traveling or where you live right now, you can get that app in the Apple Store uh, or the Google Store as well. If you have uh, an Android phone, uh, create a free account. begin your search. You can also list your business there for free as well. All right? So you can download the app today. Public s q for public square. Public s q is what you're looking for in the app store today. Well, if you are looking for where the entire attention of the uh, the political system is focused at the moment, at least domestically, if it was, you know, globally, it'd be Ukraine. Uh, But domestically, it is on this Pennsylvania Senate primary. And the guest we have with us right now is primarily the reason why. She is one of the candidates running in the Republican Senate primary there. Kathy Barnett joins us here on The Steve Day Show. It is an honor, Kathy, to have you with us. How are you?
3: Thank you so much for having me. Doing well. These are some of the best days um, I am so encouraged uh, by, you know, by just the support, uh, you know, uh, 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 from what you were alluding about how much attention has suddenly came on this, on my, on my specific campaign. You know, they've been talking about the Pennsylvania primary for some time, but they were only interested in the two rich guys uh, in this race. And now all of a sudden, as of yesterday, everyone is um, interested in talking to us, which I'm very happy, very grateful for, Um, you know, but there's been a lot of lies and untruths that have been told as well, because the, the right is unnerved.
0: So let's
1: discuss that in a moment. But I want to start with the moment that kind of galvanized this. You know, my experience being involved and covering politics is when one moment, particularly this late in the race, seizes and captures as much attention as your moment in the last debate uh, confronting Dr. Oz on his uh, past support of baby killing and your very inspiring story, which we shared uh, that testimony with our audience last week, so they're well-versed in it. When when, When that kind of a moment... Changes the trajectory of everything as fast as that moment has. That tells me two things, and I want to give you a chance to agree or disagree. Number one, that a lot of voters were not happy with the top candidates that they were being fed by the system. They were not inspired, and they were kind of just sitting around on the sidelines looking for someone to give them a reason to vote for them, and you gave it to them. And then number two, a lot of those people don't, didn't know who and the Sam Hill you were until that night because name ID is the number one factor in who wins these things. And you've been outspent on TV about 358 to one. You agree or disagree with that?
3: Well, let me say, um, you know, we've been in a statistical tie for first place for well over four weeks. Um, I think it was about four weeks ago when uh, President Trump endorsed Mamet Oz, and I think that was on a Saturday at 8 p.m. And on Sunday morning, when I woke up, I saw a significant shift because a high name ID works both ways, and Mamet's I name ID is so high that we all know he's not a conservative. And I believe a lot of people, when they they weren't taking him seriously, and then when he received the endorsement, they're like, wait a minute, we know enough to know we don't want him. Um, as our senator, so they, at that point, I began to see my numbers rise. I went all the way up out of single digits and became in a statistical three-way tie with these other two men who had, as you said, already outspent me. So it started about four weeks ago, and then we fast forward to just last week, I believe it was, when I was on the debate stage, and now that's coming right off of what the, I don't know if it was just a leak or a tactical uh, operation with the SCOTUS, papers. But now uh, it gave me an opportunity to have what I believe is one of the most important conversations in this nation. And that is the conversation around life and some of the most vulnerable lives, uh, those who are still in their mother's womb. And I took that opportunity to share my story, believing if my story had a chance to save one life, why would I not take that opportunity. And I know that that is in contrast to what Oz has said or the position he held before it became convenient for him to run for this race.
1: So you and I have something in common with uh, personal pro-life testimonies in our own story. I'm a kid born to a 15 year old mom who found out she was pregnant at the dawn of Roe v. Wade and um, seriously considered having an abortion and didn't go through with it. Now, forty-eight years later, she'd say, "I'm the best mistake she ever made." Okay, so, but so so our audience is well versed in that, and it certainly resonated with them. So, I want us to expand the conversation to what's transpired so far this week, where there has where the Oz campaign, particularly Rick Grinnell, former Trump administration official. clearly have put you in their crosshairs and all guns are blazing right now so i want to i want to give you a chance to address one of these things sean hannity was uh you were all over his program last night as well um not as a guest as a target okay let's let's start with the most trite of things okay the whole thing about your military service what can you clarify for us on that front
3: Yeah, there's nothing to clarify. Like I said, I've been running for 13 months, and yesterday, people suddenly became interested in us. I was on um, Sean Hannity's show roughly about seven times prior to Oz uh, jumping into the race, and during those seven times, he never asked me about it. So he had ample opportunity to vet and to ask questions that he wasn't interested in until now. Uh, I was on a number of other shows as well. And then when these two men came in, Oz and McCormick, uh, the media just did a wall around my campaign and wanted nothing to do with me until yesterday. Yesterday, I was up north in Pennsylvania, didn't have uh bad service, if anyone knows where Elk County is and this kind of service you get up there. Uh, the, this particular reporter from the Washington Examiner called my campaign manager, asking for a delusion of information that he didn't have at the moment and couldn't get in touch with me because of bad service. And she immediately left that conversation and wrote this article, as if we were not being open and candid. It was very, it's a disingenuous hit piece is what it is. And that's all the rest of the media who just, you know, it's all kind of this incestuous pool. And they just took it and started running with it. And then when I finally made it home yesterday evening, I took a photo of my documents and put it out there. So there is nothing to see there. This is just, you know, I think most people are surprised that the swamp does not just consist of Democrats. Mm -hmm. We have a number of them on our side. My husband and I have created a wonderful life. I I clawed my way out of dire poverty. I grew up on a pig farm uh, in a home with no insulation, no running water, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side. But from there I have been able to create a life for myself and now those on the right who decry cancel culture are doing it themselves. Those on the right who talk about fake news and fake media are now doing it themselves. And these videos they put out there to try to destroy me, and I'm not having any of it, is you know taking long form conversations that I've had, because I read and I think, and I wanted to discuss these uh, issues, and they uh, edit them down with just snippets of word words. And then they say, oh, this is who she is. It's a lie and it's fake news.
1: So let's get into the video that was trending yesterday regarding uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter. Um, my producer, Aaron, uh, he edits and splices video for a living for me. So he knows a hatchet job when he sees when he told me before the show, when he looked at what they put together with you from the long form video you're referring to, that he thought it was one of the most obvious cases of trying to character assassinate somebody uh, being taking them out of context he's ever seen from an editing perspective. What are your views on BLM? and what were the views you were articulating at that time in that video?
3: Yeah, my, my views have never changed. I have never changed on any of these things that they're talking to us about. Uh, from the inception of Black Lives Matter, which I believe it was under uh, Barack Obama, um, uh administration whom i have never voted i did not vote for him in either terms uh uh, uh, yeah either terms um you know at that particular moment i said i looked at my black husband and said the only thing black lives matter is going to do is get my black husband and my black son shot now fast forward to the summer of 2020 what are we watching we're watching black lives matter and antifa just you know just um, um an extension of the uh, Democrat Party going out here, pulling people out of their businesses, beating up people, shooting people. Complete foolishness. So there were a number of videos that were just a bad job of what they were doing. One simply had me hashtagging Black Lives Matter. And then uh, the the ones who are supposed to be in our party, the Republicans using this to, as a weapon, said, CCC, that's proof that she supports Black Lives Matter. No, what is proof of is that I'm pretty bad, you know what? Because I did a video decrying uh, the the tactics of Black Lives Matter, and then I hashtagged them so that it could go straight to them. Mm. And the central Mm. message of that was Black people wake up and stop allowing yourself to be used by Black Lives Matter and the Democrat Party who does not care about you. Black Lives Matter Incorporated does not care about Black Lives. They use the color of my skin and the history of this nation to try to dismantle our nation. Whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter or critical race theory, they're both a tool of Marxism, which is here to destroy our country, not to build it up. I have been absolutely consistent on that part. There is not, there's nowhere where I say anything different, whether it's talking about our police officers. I am a strong advocate for um, for our police officers. I'm a strong advocate for respecting the U.S. flag. And now all of a sudden, because they're losing and we're winning and the people in Pennsylvania are going to have a seat at the table. They're going to have someone there who will actually, who's substantive, intelligent, and know how to pivot on various issues to make sure our points and our values are being displayed. They're going to actually have a seat at the table. And these people are very unnerved by it.
1: That was my final question. Why these kinds of tactics? What What do you think your campaign represents? That even elements within uh, Trump's political operation, by Kennedy Grinnell, would engage in this level of scorched earth, uh, you know, and and kind of a JV version of scorched earth. I mean, we're talking about some pretty trivial things in the grand scheme of things, but but why you and your campaign, other than just winning, right? What What is it you think you represent?
3: Oh my goodness, I mean, represent our voices. You know, these last two years have just been horrible for a lot of people. It felt like literal hell jumping up and pouncing on us with people putting their foot on our businesses, on our lives, on our school. I mean, it's very unnerving. We've spent over 1,500 miles. Uh, every single week. We started off 13 months ago doing 900 miles, bumped it up to a 1,000, and these last several months, we've been doing 1,500 miles a week, sitting down, talking to the people, and they have had an opportunity to vet me and to see. We've learned some things out of these past two years. And one of the things we've learned is what kind of leadership we need in this country. Because I'm just talking about our side of the aisle. How many people on our side of the aisle use their platform, their influence to push back on these rogue totalitarian Democrats. Not many. It was some, but not enough, right? And so people remember that, that when I needed help where were our leaders? And so they're taking that into this particular election. And what Mamet Oz and Dave McCormick offered, the people were just glossy TV ads and uh, big name endorsements from people who don't even live in our Commonwealth. And so people rejected that as plastic politicians and they're going with something authentic. The other thing that they're unnerved about is that the power is coming out of their hands and they're in the people are recognizing their own power and about to put the power back in their hands. And so they're unnerved about this. This, I've been saying for some time now, one of the lessons I've learned over these past several years is that this is not really a battle between Democrats And Republicans, it is really a battle between those who are in control or so they believe and those who have no control, though, the the haves versus the have nots. And right now, it's kind of what we saw in 2016. The establishment on both sides could not stomach the possibility that the people were going to pick their leader for president. And they were completely unnerved about it then. They're completely unnerved about it now.
1: Kathy, how can people get more information on your campaign if they want to do that?
3: <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve, for having me on your show. And your audience, they can go to barnettforsenate.com. You will see uh, one of the things we put up there is my on day one agenda. On day one, I listed the 10 things I will focus on. Number six is ethics and transparency. My husband and I have dis- have committed to not hold uh, our trade in individual stocks. That's huge, if you're looking at these people and where their motivation lies is completely self-motivated. We will only invest in what the majority of Americans invest in, and that's mutual funds. Why? Because I wanna keep my soul. I'm doing two terms, coming back home, and I wanna keep my soul at the end of the day. But we need that kind of leadership, I believe.
1: Kathy, thanks for coming on here. I know you're busy. Uh, it's the last few days of the campaign. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us and answering uh, the questions that came up yesterday. All right. Take care.
3: Thank you, Steve.
1: You bet. All right, gentlemen, what do you think?
0: Well, she deserves to be vetted just like everybody else. Sure. And there's uh, no way uh, that any of us at this point in time, uh, at least, I'll just speak for myself. Uh, I would have to do more vetting as a, if I was a Pennsylvanian. Uh, to look into things, but what what is abundantly clear is that if she's got any talking points that she's going by, they're just her own. She, I don't sense a shell uh, of, of a, a normal political animal, of uh, standard Republican uh, talking points. She showed a lot of contempt for that system, right there too. So I don't know. Like, you know, is this uh, "Meet the New Boss, Same as the Old Boss"? One of your favorite songs of all time? Is it, I mean, is this what Grinnell? and trump are now doing it that if that's true it just goes to show how this whatever the system is it deserves to be blown up no matter who's blowing it up
2: regardless the scorched earth as you put it tactics um I think from from some of the individuals, it shows you that she's over the target, whatever she's doing right now, against uh, two dudes who are just essentially trying to buy their way in yeah. to a U.S. Senate seat. Yep. That video that you mentioned earlier, Steve, I literally, when I watched that yesterday afternoon, I started laughing because it's just such a patently... Obvious hit job, hatchet job, and Grinnell was pimping that target. man. Yep, going after our alley Stucky
1: over over it and everybody else too. Man, he was he was tripling, quadrupling down on that video yep. edit. We'll come back with hour two in a moment. Back with our second hour here on the Steve Day Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Don't forget, you can email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. Check us out on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. Look for me at Real Steve Dace on Trump's Truth Social and get clips of the show that you can watch uh, as well at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Those of you that listen to the podcast, please, if you've yet to do this, Uh, Leave us a five star review if you dig it Uh, and then also hit the subscribe or follow button, whichever applies on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And thanks to each and every one of you that have done one of those things uh, for us or both of them already. We appreciate each and every one of you Um, getting into the real estate market during any economic environment can be a challenge. How about this one right now? Where all of the economic indicators look like the summer of 2008. And we know what happened to the housing market right after that in the fall of 2008, right? Bing. And yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> yes, that is what happened. So make sure if you're going in, God bless you first and foremost. Okay. Hey, Aaron just did it though. He navigated it, but how did he do it? I sent him over
2: my own personal experience with a real estate agent I could trust. Right. One of the few people that my uh, eight-month-old has not gone stranger danger with. Actually, <laughs> smiled at Scott the first time we met.
1: Nice. He did a great job, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for an agent that years from now you're going to be recommending to the people that you care about. Okay. And so, where would you find this agent? The name kind of says it all. Head over to real estate agents dot com. Just about anywhere you want to move to or from in the country, we can help you find one of these at realestateagentsitrust.com. I want to do a couple of follow-ups here on the Kathy Barnett interview we just did. Number one, over the course of my career, pardon me, over the course of my career going back to local radio, I have exposed a lot of frauds, a lot. I mean, you guys used to listen to me do this.
0: Yeah, just by I'm, I'm, asking, I'm, what is a football game? Yeah, base? just uh, asking questions. When, ice I, cream, yeah, chocolate, yes. strawberry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite questions used to be, hey, how many babies can a Republican yeah. kill and still be pro-life? I used to love to ask that question. It would just set them off or they'd lose their poop over stuff like that. All right, so I've, I've had a lot of exposure to frauds in this business. I've had a lot of experience exposing them. Now, what you said a few minutes ago, Todd, is 100% accurate. She should be vetted like every other candidate. Okay? But if 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 this is, if she's fronting, man, if this is some kind of scam, if she's not sincere, doesn't mean, I'm not even saying she's the best candidate. But that's not the conversation that's taking place right now, is it? No. The conversation is, um, oh, Now, at the last minute, now that she's leading in the polls or could be leading in the polls. Now, all of a sudden, we just, you know, here's a completely insincere individual. First and foremost, if you're if you're Kathy Barnett, I didn't say this to her because I don't want to get her in trouble any more than she's already in. If you want to be attacked by anybody, it's the Washington Examiner, because absolutely no one whose vote you have even a modicum of chance of getting in a Republican primary reads that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's if a tree falls in the forest kind of stuff. No one. There's like the, the composite. I can't give you a composite sketch of I read the Washington Examiner and take every word seriously, and then I'm going to go vote for, vote for Kathy Barnett in the primary. I literally don't believe that person exists, okay? So if you're getting attacked on the right, that's, and you're her. Now, hey, if I'm at Oz, I don't want to get attacked by the Washington Examiner because those are my people. That's my base, right? Okay, but if I'm Kathy Barnett, there, there's literally no one who's a devotee of the Washington Examiner that I had a chance to get a vote from. So that doesn't really hurt me whatsoever, but she's really being attacked on the basis of her character as, in, as what she's portrayed to the public. Not so much her qualifications for the office or where she's at on the issues, but is she even just a sincere individual? That's what the last 24 hours right. is about, Right. If she's a fraud, I'll just tell you this right now. I'm not, I'm not even saying she's not. But I am saying if she is, she's the best damn one I've ever seen. Because I came across as very sincere and unrehearsed to me. And The point she made about, you want to know who's a fraud? Ask Sean Hannity. Because he's one. The point that she made about how many times he was, she was on his show, which I didn't know because I wouldn't watch because I have a life and a soul. Um, So what'd she say? She was on there seven times before uh, old Mehmet got in the race. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he never bothered to ask her about, hey, can you clarify all these things about military service and all these things that are now, he's suddenly doing listicles about on his program. The dude's just a hack. And he has been all along. In the span of his career, the dude has endorsed Mitt Romney, John McCain, and Donald Trump in primaries. Who does that? Someone who's mentally unstable or just has one hell of a grift going on. He had ample opportunity to bring her when he had her on to question all of these things in the past, and he didn't do it. So why is he doing it now? Because his boy may get his ass kicked. That's why. So again, there might be other candidates that you think are more principled. I don't know. I I didn't, I'd never heard the name Kathy Barnett till about 10 days ago. Okay. So I'm just telling you though, from a sincerity standpoint, if she's scamming all of you, if this whole thing is some kind of elaborate ruse and house of cards, her entire biography and everything else, if she's cherry girl from I'm going to get you sucker, this is Oscar worthy Meryl Streep. is is standing and applauding level of performance because i know what insincere people look like when you start asking them questions to clarify them and that's not what they look like again you're in pennsylvania you know the candidates better than me you decide for yourself who you think is the best one in the race but i will say this out loud i have interviewed a lot of frauds i have exposed quite a few if if she's one she's the best i've ever seen any thoughts on that
0: yeah she seemed to be honored that the system of her own party was coming at her that's good that was kind of my shibboleth right there yeah like how she reacted to that because it was not
1: defensive there was
0: there was a lot of meekness there frankly the power under control thing yeah you know if she was really just a system hack then she'd be desperately trying to recover uh the uh the grace of the system she's like i don't care i'm i'm about the people and so i I, i'm like i said I, i found her charming and i'd absolutely be looking into her more if i lived there not out of suspicion because i wanted to be inspired i'd want to find out more
1: i want to say this too and i won't ask you guys to comment because this is a little sensitive you can i'll give you the option but if you say no i won't hold it against you no okay
0: no i definitely am going to comment <laughs> my man there yes I'm. yes
1: i'm not into playing the race card i hate it I used to use an expression on my show all the time, dealing the race card from the bottom of the deck. I hate the racialist stuff. I can't stand it. And as a kid born to a 15-year-old mom on food stamps and government cheese with an abusive stepdad, save me your sob story that you can't get ahead, man. Nobody gave me, when when did I get my white privilege? Uh, When I was two or three years old and we were on food stamps. When was it, do you think?
0: didn't the belt buckle you get hit with actually say it white, said pri- white privilege, privilege on it I believe yeah.
1: yes yes indeed all right so so i i have no tolerance for the playing of the race card the racialist agenda none of it but we also cannot pretend as if race is is an irrelevant factor in america we have to live in the world as we as it is not as we want it to be at the same time so i'm fine crushing and destroying those shibboleths but we also cannot be ignorant of the fact that a black woman U.S. senator in the Republican Party is a rare breed. Fair? Fair. For the party that freed the slaves like 170 years ago, it's, we're still sitting here in 2022, and one of these things is, does not look like the other, okay? You have a rare opportunity right now as a political party to make inroads with non-whites, which you're doing, by the way, because of the amount of failures and fallacies that are being exposed on the other side. Now I'm not saying you should be out there endorsing her because she's black. Wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that at all. If anything, that's probably why Hannity put her on his show, because that's what a hack grifter does. He put her on because hey, let's put the black woman on. I didn't even vet just to show everybody we're not racist. Oh snap, she might actually win. Well, she lied about this. You see what I'm that, yeah. see? That's that's a hack act. That's a hack act is what that is. So I'm not saying hey, give it to her because. It would, it, would, it would meet a racial quota. I hate racial quotas. What I am saying, though, is... Is it a good look for your party right now... To be openly and sloppily... And probably slanderously... Trying to destroy... We're not talking about issues. We're talking about her as a person... How she is representing herself. That's a terrible play. An absolutely terrible play. That plays right into your opponents. Right into them. And for what? Mehmet Oz? For Mehmet Oz? We're going to play, hey, dunk on the black chick in public with everybody watching for and Oz, transhumanist, the guy doing shows about gender reassignment surgeries before I even knew what it was. That's that's dude, that's pearls before swine territory is what that is. I mean, I want to win like anybody else does. I'm as competitive. These guys will tell you I'm as competitive as anybody you'll ever meet. But not at the expense of cutting off my nose in spite of my face, man. Read a room in this environment. By all means, man, do everything you can to win. But you want to smear the character of a black woman in this environment in the Republican Party on behalf of Mehmet Oz. What's pragmatic about that? That to me just seems like a, that's not, that, that, that juice ain't worth the squeeze, brah, by any reasonable stretch of the imagination. That juice is not worth the squeeze. And that just goes to show you people aren't thinking clearly. They're not making political calculations. This is personal. This is business. How dare you get in the way? We have a master mm-hmm. plan. We are the gatekeepers. Didn't you all vote and go to Trump? At least that's exactly. when I heard when I was on the Cruz campaign. Well, Cruz is a conservative. But he's part of the system. Okay. Yeah. So we got to go outside the system and get rid of the gatekeepers. That's why y'all weren't impressed when we lined up all these conservative leader endorsements for Trump or for Cruz, I should say. Well, they're all gatekeepers. We want to smash the gatekeepers. I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't really mind smashing gatekeepers myself. Right. I don't know. Rick Grinnell looks an awful lot like a gatekeeper to me. Sean Hannity looks an awful lot like a gatekeeper to me. If it looks like a gatekeeper and it smells Mm -hmm. like a gatekeeper, brah, it's a gate friggin' keeper, okay? How dare this uppity black woman get in the way of our master plan here? It's a terrible look, actually. Terrible. And at a time when you have a real opportunity to make inroads. A real opportunity here. I got an email from a guy just yesterday who was talking to a black cab. He's never voted Republican in his entire life. He said, if Trump runs again, he might even be a racist. I'm voting for him because I know this. I don't care what he thinks about me. I can't afford this. I can't afford. I can't stay in business. I can't feed my family like this. And now's the moment with everybody watching the world, watching you guys want to try and scorch earth and with a lot of stuff that just looks frankly like weak sauce a black woman in re- in, in in broad daylight really and it's for Mehmet Oz? Mr. Michelle Obama on my show Mr. congratulations to the Clintons on your on on on, on your
2: family Mr. transhumanist who just renounced his Turkish citizenship like two days ago.
1: Yes, mister. We need to make guns a public health emergency. That was just 2018. That's the one. See, it ain't about and Oz. It's what she said. It's about power and control. We don't want to give it up. We'll tell you who's MAGA and who's not. We'll tell you who you get to vote for and who you don't. We got this. And the parting on the left is now the parting on the right. And the beards have all grown longer overnight. If you think standing up on a stage the day his damn jab got got dethroned for being poisonous and introducing Woody Johnson to a crowd because, quote, he's got a ton of cash. If you think that's an outlier event, it's not. It's perfectly in line and symmetrical with what's going on in that primary right now. See, the dude took power because he represented you. He's trying to come back to power because he thinks you represent him. It's about him and not you. And there's a large crowd of you right now that will be very pissed at me for telling you this. But over the course of the next three, six, nine months, as this becomes increasingly obvious, those, I'll, I'll get more of these emails. You know, I hated you when you first said it, but now I have to admit it's true. This isn't an outlier. And it's a terrible look, and it's terrible politics. It's terrible. There's nothing to be gained from this. Nothing. There is no gain. All the gain would actually be dumping Mehmet Oz overboard and endorsing her. And I'm not not saying she deserves it. I'm just talking pure political analysis. That's the only gain. Unless it's not about winning. It's about us winning. It's about the people that will march to our drum and win. And Mehmet Oz is just fine just being our next Elise Stefanik. From voting for legislation for trannies to yesterday she said, I'm ultra MAGA, whatever the hell that even means. Now, any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, the the nature of her threat. uh, you, You nailed it. She's an existential threat to power and control. And that is why they're using the whole hashtag BLM thing against her, against a black woman, because they need to make. She said, of course, I use the hashtag. I am a black life. I do matter. And my pro-life testimony uh, uh, points to that. And I'm going into that room because I want to be part of the conversation with real people. That's what this is about. It's about the real people, the lives that I know and understand. So my hash, my hashtag was not just some thin gruel piece of uh, substance, cat poster nonsense that most of you on the right and left normally do. I went into the room. I went into the dark alley. I want to be a part. Oh, no, you, you're not allowed to do that, especially if you are somebody Who's been a who looks like the kind of person that has been used to be the shirts and the skins thing that we've been doing for too long? Uh, yeah, reject all of that, honestly. If Pennsylvanians, uh, again, don't don't trust us. Go look into this for yourself. But if nothing else, you've learned right now that she's far more worth a look than any look you've given to Oz so far.
2: No, I'm glad you went there because at the end of the uh, conversation, I'd already had this. Inkling, it was pretty obvious, actually, with Rick Grinnell and Hannity doing their shtick yesterday and leading, quite frankly, a lot of people astray. The number of, of individuals who have tweeted that uh, tweet with the hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Defund the Police. Guys, how many times on, on this show have we used hashtags ironically or to get attention yeah, for, to, to, invade, in, their to space. invade their space? Right. That's what she was doing. And yet the number of people who I've had, did you guys see this? No. You're the low-information voter that actually Rush Limbaugh talked about for many years. So do your own, as Todd was saying, Uh, Even after watching this interview, do some more vetting on on your own. If you live in Pennsylvania, uh, don't just take our word for it. But but the inkling that I got, especially towards the end of that 20 minute interview with uh, Kathy Barnett, uh, when she didn't melt into a pile of goo after being asked pointed questions about some of the concerns that have been brought up, is that it's a it's an absolutely terrible look, a terrible look. Now, I don't know how much of this is coming from the McCormick camp. Isn't Jeff Rowe running his campaign? Uh, that's Ted Cruz's form. Yeah. He's a ruthless, a ruthless... You want him on your team,
1: Yeah, God way. bless him. I know this uh, for a fact. You yes, want, he is. You want Jeff Rowe on your <laughs>
2: team. Uh, but he is a ruthless political um, a strategist and animal, really. Uh, I don't know how much of this is coming from his camp. I don't know. A lot, a lot of this, publicly at least, is coming from the Trump camp. It's a bad look when two really rich dudes are going scorched earth against the character of an amazing story. Whatever you say about her her policies or the way that she articulates it, what have you, her story, her testimony is incredible. It's really bad luck when you're going after her scorched earth and on her character. That's a terrible look. And I'm glad you went there because... Uh, why are they Why are they risking this terrible look or why are they not aware that it is a terrible look? Because it's not really about you. It's about, I'm the kingmaker. Yes. I'm the kingmaker. Yes. You will come kiss the ring. And she does not. And she did not. So
1: I think I have a responsibility here if I'm going to open this door to close the loop on something. Okay. And I will do that here in a moment right after I tell you about our friends over at Omega XL. Because I might be a pain in the butt for some of you right now with what I said here in the last few minutes. Uh, For the rest of you, it might just be that uh, good old-fashioned inflammation. Because it likes to creep into those things we have called joints as we get older, and those things are vitally important for us to establish and then maintain flexibility and activity. And and then as we get older, um, though, they can become little hubs for inflammation, which makes that activity tougher. That's where that lingering soreness and that achiness that just won't go away likely stems from too much inflammation in your joints. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like the one from our friends at Omega XL, backed by going on three. Three decades now of clinical research and the last three years of me using it daily uh, you can try it today buy one get one free i would personally recommend it when you go to omegaxl.com slash steve that's omegaXL.com slash steve or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 Back to your row point, I know you you meant it as a compliment. I I can testify to that firsthand. I worked with and for him for several months, so I get that. If I know Jeff, he's probably elated to see this because he's like, "Man, I'm going to put my candidate on Mark Levin. I'll put my candidate out on he ran and, Cruz's yeah, campaign. Mike. Yeah, yes, and just and just rise kind of rise above and and set aside from all this and let Oz and Barnett basically just you know throat punch each other repeatedly and try to squeak this thing out. Um, if that's what I'd be doing anyway, if I was running the McCormick campaign, I'd be like, you guys should fight. I'll be over here trying to talk to as many pe- voters and people as I possibly can. And again, I don't know anything about on the issues about any of these candidates other than Oz. I've fully vetted him. The other ones, though, I don't know anything about. OK, so you do your homework. It's not my primary. It's not me to tell you who to vote for. But if I'm going to point out what a terrible look this is, then I think I should also I, I also have an obligation to say that there's a way they could have done this without doing it this way. But they couldn't do it the way I'm about to suggest, and I'll tell you why that's true too, why they had to do it this way in the Oz campaign. See, it's very, you you didn't have to do this. You you don't want, you know, rule number one of business is you don't crap where you live. Okay? And And there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, a, a tug of war sometimes when it comes to primaries. Unless you're running like against a Mitt Romney who doesn't represent anything your base believes at all, then you should just go scorched earth against him all along. I did, and um, it worked. And But unfortunately, the candidates didn't do that after they left Iowa, so it didn't. But if it's somebody within your base, you don't want to necessarily go scorched earth against them because... You need them and their supporters when it's over to rally around you and support you, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's a tension there. There is no win here. If, if Oz wins this thing, the cost will be so high. I'm telling you right now, he will not win that general election. I don't care what the environment is, won't happen. He'll lose. But there's a way you could have done this that wouldn't create that residual anger, resentment. And you'd have to go after her personally. Just ask her to better flesh out her positions on the issues. You're a fantastic story, fantastic testimony. We love having you in the Republican Party. We need more of you, obviously. But we're not, we're not running for spokesperson or pitchman, right? Is that the office we're running for? No. Are, that, no, it's not. We're not running for development director. No? no. What are we running for? Senator. So where are you at on the nuances of the issues? Because that's what you're going to be voting on. The nuances of the issues. Have you really researched these things? You don't have a record. Try to flesh that out. Make her defend her belief system with more detail and aggressively. See, in a way, you're letting her off the hook by doing this, actually. That's what's kind of funny. If I was running the Kathy Barnett campaign, I just told you how I'd feel if I was running the, is it Mark McCormick or Dave McCormick? It's Dave, isn't it? If I was the Dave McCormick campaign, I'd be like, you know what, you guys, by all means, man, and here's more blood in the water. I'll put my candidate on Mark Levin's show, and we're just going to run for Senate while you guys fight this out in the last few days. I'd be ecstatic to see this. On the other hand, if I was in the Barnett candidate campaign, I'd actually want to be attacked in this realm. Because if there's one thing I think that my my candidate can do, it's it's tell her story. You know what I'm saying? Give me every opportunity to tell her story. What I'm probably not sure my candidate can do is hold court long form, in-depth, on the nuances of the issues and defend that. But But soundbite fights and dude you want to pick a soundbite fight with the woman who came out with that two minute pro-life video last week as Lucius Fox said in the dark night good luck I, I mean I, I, I've always run in the Barnett campaign I'm like wow we might actually win this thing they want to fight with us about who does a better job and more effective and honest job about telling their personal story me or Mehmet Oz I'll take those odds but here's the problem And this is why the Oz campaign could not do this tactic. Do you know why the Oz campaign could not go after her on the depth and details of the issues? Do you know why? Because there's no depth or detail in their issues. And on the issues where there is depth and detail, it's all bad. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. The Oz campaign could not have a debate on issues. (laughs) They could not do that because he's on the wrong side of every single issue. And it's on tape with 100% name ID. So they, they couldn't actually launch what, would might, what might have been the more effective strategy because that's a double-edged sword. I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say about me bounces off me and sticks to you, right? I mean, at that point, she's just like pot, kettle, pot, kettle. He can't win that. So they, they had no choice but this hackery. Which gets me to my morality lesson of the day. It is technically Theology Thursday. I don't know. We'll get to it now. If you cannot advance your candidate by any means other than complete and total hackery, don't
0: support that candidate.
1: This has been my TED Talk. Enjoy your day.
0: And there's no Republican Party, though.
1: Uh, (laughs) Nice. But, hey, the Rick Grinnells and Sean Hannitys of the world, they played themselves. They put themselves in that corner. Did did someone put a gun to your head and say, hey, man, you've got to put your credibility on the line for transhumanist Mehmet Oz? It was either them or their children. They had no options there? No? No. So they did this of their own volition and their own free will. It appears so. So they're not victims? No. Then you played yourself. And if I'm Jeff Rowe in the McCormick campaign over there, man, I hope this goes on for another four or five days because... I'll just be over here running for Senate while you guys are doing this thing over here. Okay. Um, Let's let's talk about what we're going to do with Theology Thursday. I've made an executive decision. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We are going to do two more weeks with Atlas's book. Because the next chapter is when Trump actually does meet the counter experts, many of whom we had on this show during 2020. And I think that we need that needs to have be a conversation. The audience needs to hear us have. Okay, because so that Trump's without excuse here. He did meet with these people. Atlas did bring them into the White House. He had he was given the life raft. He was given the cheat code to get the hell out of this and then chose not to take it. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I think the audience, we need to have that conversation. And then we'll do one more when we get into Atlas's conclusion. Because I can't bring myself to relive the last few weeks of the 2020 election again. And that's after the next chapter. That's what all the chapters until the conclusion are. I can't do it. I, I don't think... If I can't do it, I doubt you Bless can. Bless you, my son. <laughs> and so, and then those, so we're going to do two more weeks next week. Two more weeks of Atlas's book. And then we will, we will close that book and hopefully...
0: This is your no-mas
1: moment. Yes, I'm tapping out. Don't ever tell Scott Atlas I said this. Hopefully we never open that thing ever again. All right? We'll come back with three non-political questions here next. You're back here on the steve day show live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast um if you know if you're a pet owner uh you love your puppy uh it's a big part your dog is of your home of your family. And and so, you know, and you want to do more for it than just feeding it and giving it water. You want to make sure it's as healthy and happy as can be. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It's the supplement for your pet that it needs for the same reasons that we need and are using so many supplements these days because a lot of that stuff is stripped out of our food. The vitamins, minerals, and nutrients we we need before it ever leaves the factory. Well, same thing happens to our pet's food as well. And Rough Greens puts it right back in there with this green powder you mix in with the food your pet loves. And you put the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients it needs back into its diet. But you might be wondering, what if my dog won't like it? I mean, our dog Cabba loves it, but maybe your dog won't. Or does it even work? Will you see a difference? Well, let's find out. We'll give you the first 14-day jumpstart bag for free when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. Or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. I want to share one more thing here on the Kathy Barnett thing, and then we'll move on. Okay, because if there's one person that I know, I'm sure there are lots of people that detest politicians more than even I do. But if there's one person I know that does, meaning I know this person personally, it is our good friend Shannon Joy. Fair? I mean, what were you saying there? For sure. Yeah, I mean... There are times when we've had her on that even we have like grown and we're like, oh. ugh. <laughs> OK, <laughs> to which she would take that as a massive oh, yeah. compliment, by the way. It's simultaneously right? annoying and
0: endearing. Yes,
1: yes, it time. is. If you can come on this show and cause us to be like, oh, OK, then we have nothing to say other than God bless you, my sister. OK, she just tweeted this to me. And I think given the source, it bears you hearing it. I met Kathy Barnett almost a decade ago at CPAC, and we spent a good amount of time together. We've kept in touch since then over the years, and I can say she is the exact same person I met years ago. She's smart, sincere, genuine, loves liberty, and will defend life. And the attacks on her are disgusting. Is that the first candidate for public office that Shannon Joy has ever defended in all the years we have known that woman?
0: That that glowingly, for sure. um, Yeah yeah
1: yeah which is why i thought it it, it bared sharing yeah, with this yeah. audience all right now let's move on it's time for three non-political questions we all have questions who am i why am i here where am i going who am i a search and a question of identity why am i here a question of meaning and purpose where am i going question of destiny
0: Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee
1: troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization,
2: it's three questions on The Steve Day Show. Yes, uh, a break, maybe a little respite from reconsidering... Refinancing your house in order to fill your tank with gasoline. <laughs> <It's> three non political <laughs> questions. Good thing you did that just last year, Steve.
1: No doubt. Uh, we got in, man, right at the buzzer, didn't we? Exactly. Yes.
2: Uh, what is your, it seemed appropriate this week in the Midwest. We went from, I kid you, not two weeks ago, I saw a few snowflakes. They weren't sticking, but snowflakes mm-hmm. too, we've had now. This is going to be our third or fourth day of 90 degree temperatures in a row. Mm hmm. Uh, it has flipped the switch to summer. What is your Mount Rushmore of summer? The four
1: things I love about summer the most. Um, I love summer movie season. I mean, I love working out in the yard in the heat, getting, taking a shower, going in to the coldness of the theater, escaping for a couple of hours, um, you know, I just love that juxtaposition. You know what I'm saying? Of getting some sun and then going in and escaping into the the darkness of the and the coolness of the theater with the tubo corn. And um, I love that. Um, uh, I love um, grilling season. I mean, I believe I have to answer that. Yeah. Right. I could be excommunicated right here. I might, or as Todd says, I mm-hmm. may have ex- excommunicated myself. Your it instantly mention that.
0: comes under intensified scrutiny if it's not i've clearly
1: committed a mortal sin if i don't at least list that of omission at least so who doesn't love grilling season i love that uh i love that no one has ever called me i've not had a child a young driving child or a wife ever call me to say i drove my car off the road because the road was too hot i'm in a ditch can you come help me i like that Uh, i love the idea that can go anywhere and do anything and not be limited by weather and those sorts of things. And then I have to give you a classic Steve Dace answer. Okay. The other thing I love about it is the anticipation for college football season. Like I love sitting out in the sun with the college football magazines. And I think you and I've talked before, Aaron, that the lead up to the oh, season yeah. and trying to envision what might happen might almost be as good as the season itself, Yeah. you know? And so I, I love doing that. You know, uh, that's a big part of what I love about uh, I love about summer as well. So those would be my four.
0: It used to be baseball, but killing me, Smalls, Um, but it's it's grilling. Of course, it is. It's it's heat. I mean, and like like we're having right now, 90 degree heat. The seasons are very, very good for the soul. All of them. Uh, they they teach us a lot about god 's design if we stop whining about them um and uh em- embrace how things work uh co- cold cheap beer my my palate definitely the the change of the temperatures temperatures definitely changes uh things and so when I drink beer in the winter you, you, it's more like a Uh, a higher end ipa or something like that but like there's nothing as good as just a nice miller light on a hot 90 degree day um if i if that makes me a criminal i don't want to be right and fourth what would be a fourth oh goodness uh well you know watching my uh uh watching my girls over the years uh It doesn't happen anymore, but uh, the in the 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 sound of the crickets as the sun is coming down and the girls playing in the yard and doing what and there's you know you don't have to get them for bed and that stuff is pure nostalgia to me. And now that they're all older and not doing that stuff, that makes me a little wistful.
2: That's a good list. That's a good list, man. Mine is America right there. That's America. Mine is uh, at least what used to be similar uh to yours steve although on the last one i am a little conflicted this year because i feel like we've waited so long for, for warmer temperatures, the warmth of summer that I I actually just said to Bella last night, I can't wait for football season. Um, And she slapped you. No, she, (laughs) no, I kind of slapped myself also because I'm like, but I don't want it to be necessarily even fall uh, again yet. So uh, number one is grilling, of course, just got a a new grill, Uh, grilled some steaks on Sunday, grilled some brats last night that was excellent um the, the 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 being outside and getting hot it's underrated and i think we i think in the midwest we underrate that by the time mm-hmm. summer comes mm-hmm. to an end we mm-hmm. we do uh like like on monday i was first day of 90 degree temperatures i think went out after work don't have a self-propelled lawn mower it's just a push lawn mower which is great uh, more manual labor. That's something I was looking forward to and having a yard and garden and stuff to take care of when I got, got my house. Um, I, I stopped, though, at one point. You know, I'm getting really tired. It wasn't until I came into the house where I was like, I'm not just tired. I'm dizzy. I should probably sit down a little bit. That's that's fun. That That's a good time right there because it means you're actually working hard. Uh, so, so getting out in the sun, getting a nice sunburn, uh, that's a good thing. New for me, though. I expected the basement to warm up a little bit, but mercifully, it has not. It is still like 60 degrees oh, down
1: I, gotta, I have to sit in a blanket in so, my basement in the yeah, summertime. I, yeah. I have too
2: as well. And, and I love my, that, by the way. And, and that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I And I have the basement that I, I like really... It's not one of those with a walkout patio. No, it's underground. Like it, There are hardly any windows whatsoever. So the basement is that... And then probably the the last thing uh, about summer is just going outside and watching uh, when thunderstorms come, just watching the sky yeah. and watching the, yeah, the that's light, that's uh, light up. All right, before we get to
1: question two, let me make sure I mention on the way out here our good friends over at Built Bar because they are the single greatest protein bar of all time with no close seconds. So many great flavors, the flavor and richness and fullness of flavor and texture of a candy bar. In fact, I think it's better. Uh, they're better than a lot of the candy bars that are on the market. A huge assortment of flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate. I haven't mentioned this lately because the guys tease me when I do, but let me say it again. Because now I'm finding ways to take them with me when I travel, even when it's hot. I find if I insulate it enough in my bag, they don't melt. Okay. It's easy on the tummy. And hey, man, when you're dealing with a supplement, that does matter. Okay. And this is a protein supplement. They're not always easy on the tummy. They're not always easy to digest. This one is. It's the it's the absolute full package. You can try it right now and get 10% off your order when you use my last name, Dace, as your promo code. D-E-A-C-E. Do you know that almost all of these are 140 calories or less? This is like stealing, guys. All right? It's like stealing. Uh, you won't believe how good they are. Promo code Dace to try it for the first time or try it for the next time, next time. Next time, next time, next time. Uh, when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T for built bar, built.com, use the promo code DACE to get 10% off.
2: Question two. Tom Brady is set to join the Fox NFL team when his career comes to an end in the year 2109. Of the current crop of broadcasters, though, which is your dream? What what combination would be your dream team? for an NFL, for just any NFL game. It can be two or three people. Uh, what's your all-time, though, dream team for an NFL football game?
1: I kind of think Nance and... Yep. Um, I was going to say Nance, I don't know. Who Nance and Tony... Uh, uh, Romo. Romo, I'm sorry, are, are kind of close to perfect. I mean, Nance's kind of elegant understatedness and Romo's exuberance. Um, I, I, from, and if we're just looking at current team-ups, I no. think they're kind of a perfect team.
0: Just current, aren't you saying all time? Both. Then both. Yep. Oh. If I could do both,
1: if I could do both, um, it would be Brett Musburger and Keith Jackson doing a college football game.
2: NFL though. Oh, it's NFL. This is NFL. Oh, well, then you have to have that in there. My 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 answer would change if it was if, if, if it's if
1: it's all time if it's yeah. in the NFL. Wasn't Summerall and Madden a version of what I just said? Nance and,
0: and Romo were. My answer was going to be Summerall. And
1: Madden. I mean, they were the perfect tandem. Again, elegant or elegant understatedness, and way more even exuberance than what Romo brings to the table in in Madden. So I would I would say that that real life duo was it.
0: You know, you know, I I see, Aikman and um, what's his face all the time as a Packer fan. Oh, I don't, Joe, Joe Buck. Joe yeah. Buck. I, I don't... I'm kind of curious. Am I missing some... I don't understand Joe Buck hatred. I don't either. I think and,
1: he's really good at his job. Yeah, I yeah. Uh,
0: there, I they're, get why
1: people don't like Tim McCarver because he does talk way too damn much. I get that. gets in the way of the game. But he's also but covering baseball they, where there's a lot of well, holes. Yeah. So yeah. that's the
0: thing. Baseball's different. I, I, honestly, I I think... Like, how many times... Have you actually turned off a game because you didn't like the end this is where sports broism. It's just oh.
2: I think the knock on Buck is that for during the early part or maybe first half of his career um he he didn't never he never got super excited during big plays, which some are all wasn't he the same way as yeah, well absolutely uh, yeah. I think Buck has changed a little yeah. bit though
0: he doesn't have to though when yeah. he had Madden there, but yeah, yeah. i mean honestly they're 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 fine to me. I've never once think, oh, man, I wish these guys weren't doing it. So I'll just say the guys that call most of my games. Okay.
2: I'd say Nance and Collinsworth for me. That would be kind of an odd pair, but those are the two that I like the most right now. And then all-time, I would say it's probably – Nance is probably up there all-time for me. And Madden, that's an easy one. If it was college football, I'd say Gus Johnson and Kirk Street all day long. Uh, but that's not uh, the question. Uh, question number three. Crap. I just realized that I meant to have a video edited because it required some editing. There's this Twitch streamer. You you quote tweeted this video this morning, Todd. There's oh, this Twitch yeah. streamer, this, this lady girl person who is doing a live stream of her cooking something. She... Caught some oil on fire. Tried to put it out with water. She started screaming for help. I don't know what to do. She's fine. Everything's fine. It was hilarious, though, because she had no clue what she was doing. Anyway, what's the closest you've you ever come to burning down a house accidentally?
1: Closest I've ever come to burning down a house accidentally? Wow. I mean, I've come close to some stupid things. I don't know that that's ever happened for me, actually. Um... I can't think of a singular example of me coming close to burning down the house. I have a couple of
2: examples. Okay,
1: I can come up with one. All right. I, I have one. Okay. How do I put this? When we were newlyweds in our apartment, we were in the middle of cooking dinner, and some spontaneous newlywed activity began to occur. And um, we ended the meat up...
2: dried out a little bit.
1: We ended up seeing it through to completion. And then all of a sudden, the smoke detector yeah. starts going off in the kitchen.
2: Yeah. Some dried chicken.
1: Because we forgot that we had left everything on the stove that was still cooking and yeah. boiling and yeah. everything steaming over and there we had to put, you know, many fires out. Yeah. It wasn't too bad, though. I don't think it was close to burning the place down, but that's the best. That's the closest no, I can say. That's think a good of. story.
3: It's yeah. a
2: great story.
0: Okay. Um, I've, I grill outside. Old grill. Yeah, last time I used that grill, went inside. You know, got things started. Went inside to get whatever I was getting. Came back out, and like flames were shooting out the side. Yeah. And thankfully, the grill was just far and far away enough from the siding that it didn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah,
2: that was close. Yeah, the same thing happened. That's why I got a new grill. Same thing happened to me uh last last spring or summer, um, you know, it was just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, it, it's a tricky thing because you want to have all that char and stuff inside your grill. Cause that's what gives the meat its flavor. But at the same time, kind of got, got to gotta clean that stuff out. Cause you can start a grease fire. So that's one story. Another story. I was young. My sister likes to remind me of this and, uh, playing with a light or something. And I just like shoved it into the carpet and it started smoking, and I got afraid or scared. Fortunately, she like smelled it or something. And uh, there's still to this day a hole in the carpet uh, at my at the house where I grew up in. So,
1: hey, I'm going to be in North Carolina tomorrow. I'll still be doing the show, but I'm doing a couple of speaking engagements there this weekend. I'll be at uh, Prime Barbecue in Nightdale in the Raleigh Durham era or area, not era Raleigh Durham area, starting at 6 p.m. Friday. And then at the clubhouse of Abington in Harrisburg, that's the Charlotte area at 5 p.m. on Saturday. So come by and say hello. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.